I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 233rd episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. I always want to say investing in dummies, and sometimes that's accurate, but no, it's investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk NVIDIA. We're going to talk about the Trumpster a little bit. We're going to talk about gold, the technicals there. And we'll talk about some of the crazy stuff that's going on around the world as as we always do. And there's, you know, quite a bit to get into there. Before we get into all of that, Senor Raj, how are you today? I'm back to Gerardo del Real this week. I see that. I had to actually break out my Italian the other week. I ran into some exchange students here in Spokane at the farmer's market and I my ear perked up and I didn't have enough wine to have a good conversation, but I got a little bit out. It was, it was good. Um, we're doing good. Heading into the end of summer. Got the class assignments today for the kids. They're excited about their teachers. Um, newsletter sales are picking back up, which means September is approaching. And um, just in general, ready for the fall. How about you? Same. Excited. We talked a bit off air. I think I'm getting over COVID. Um, you know, wife lost her voice, had, you know, change in smell. Um, or I should say change in, 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 in taste. I had body aches all last week. I've chopped it all up to allergies because I'm Mexican-American and we think that everything is allergies and can be cured by Vicks. Um, but no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I'm in good spirits. I've been working out every day and, and, and jogging every day and hitting the weights and the boxing gym, you know, as always. So uh, push through it and no longer fatigued and feeling more energized and glad to be back at it. So I'm well. It's a long-winded way of saying I'm well. I'm excited for September. I'm excited for the end of August. I think um, it's a lot of uh, a lot to look forward to. So let's let's get into some of that. Let's do it. Let, we got to start with uranium. A uh, 16 month highs on the spot price. I had a very insightful conversation with one of the smartest people and hardest working people in the biz, uh, Mr. Jordan Trimble. And I joked with Jordan that he's Mr. Jordan Trimble again because uh, a year and a half ago or so, when uranium had its first leg up. I joked with him that, you know, during the bull market, I would call him Mr. Jordan Trimble because that's how people would start referring to him, right? And um, I, I, I think we're, we're kicking off the second leg of the uranium bull market. Again, I mentioned a 16-month high on the spot price. The equities, more importantly, the equities are actually starting to follow suit. If you look at a seven-day chart of everything from consolidated to UEC to fission uranium, you pick your uranium name, right? Whatever horse that you're betting on, Kraken Energy, they're all starting to perk up, despite the fact that we're in the midst of the summer doldrums, that we are are a day away from, from what you just explained to me, from the lowest volume day in the stock market, right? It's, it's, it's people's last opportunity to really get out there and enjoy the summer before they get back in the office and the kids get back into school. And so I'm really encouraged by what I think is going to be an incredible fall. And that conversation I had with Mr. Jordan Trimble um, I encourage everyone, go to Resource Stock Digest and click on that interview under exclusive interviews. It's a primer on the uranium bull market that's coming up, what he's seeing, what he thinks. And of course, you know, he's got to talk his own book, right? He's a CEO of Sky Arbor Resources, why he believes Sky Arbor is primed for a big run during this next leg up. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. You're more the technician and the chartist, and that'll lead into our gold conversation, but we'll get into that in a second. Hopefully he talks to Mr. Assay Lab Manager and gets some results for us. And we'll probably Russell Lake, which they've been drilling for eight months. Um, I, I, I've been sneaking in, if you haven't noticed, at the at the end of the podcast for the past couple of weeks. When you ask me, what am I watching? I tell you, 
watch uranium, it's at 56, watch uranium, it's at 57, watch uranium, Cam, it goes at whatever, 12-month, 22-month highs, whatever it was at. Yeah, no, I've been telling you that it was sneakily going up. And um, it, it technically, it, once it gets to 59.60, it's, it's blue sky to the... Yep. To the next level, whatever that is, 65, 70, uh, somewhere around maybe the marginal cost of production. Um, wouldn't that be nice? Um, and you've also got the, the instability. I was talking uh, last month, I think it was, about jurisdictions. We were talking about Namibia, you'll remember. I was talking about the a minister for uh, energy and resources or energy and mines, and I was telling you that he wanted a bigger piece of those projects, which is where Langer Heinrich is. And then- yep. We haven't talked about Niger, which is undergoing a, a coup in the past couple of weeks and, and needs to get its shit together because it, it exports a, um, a lot of uranium that ends up in, in French nuclear reactors. And so you've had these geopolitical scares um, sort of rattling in the cage. And we all, always knew that this was a, a threat or a, a risk, but here they are materializing. And um, you did have Congress attached that you know, the, the Russian language to the, to the defense bill that hasn't gone through yet, but seems like it, like it will and, and, and get signed. So, um, anyway, all that to say that, um, uranium is, is looking really strong. I mean, together with, um, uh, gold and lithium has been one of the few bright spots in the commodity markets this year. Um, I'm not sure how much more of an answer you want than that, but there's a really big, yep. I'm not on the chart in front of me, but there's a, a spike up to, to 59.60, and then you know we went back down because um, we had some excitement in early 2022, and then here we're coming uh, back up to that that previous level, and you know we'll see if it's breakout or um, breakdown. But you know the fundamentals haven't uh, degraded at all, so um, I would think it would be to the upside. But breaking you know, new. Yeah, listen, the rash- rationality and exuberance and all that stuff. Well, all of that, right? For, for 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 sure. On 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 a on a down note or up note, I guess depending on which side you're on. Um, the Wagner boss, which is the main party and has been the main pain in his is in in his side. Uh, for Mr. Vladimir Putin, um, his plane just exploded along with the second most, um. <laughs> non-fanboy of Mr. Putin. And so private plane, call it a coincidence. A lot of people fall out windows. A lot of planes explode over there, but it looks to me <laughs> like a decapitation of, 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 of the Wagner party, at least how it's been presented over the past several years. And there's some implications there for the uranium space, aside from the human toll, obviously with the families and, 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 you know, everything that's going on geopolitically in Russia. But you know he, the the Wagner Party and the the gentleman that 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 is is being rumored to be dead. They, that was supposed to be the mercenary group that was going to go into you know getting the, the uh, ensuring the Russian uranium imports that um, these countries have. So it's interesting. It's breaking. It's literally it happened an hour or two ago. Um, they're still working on confirming everything. But you touched on the geopolitical uncertainty. Jordan did the same thing the other day when we spoke. And if there's one point I'd like to underscore to everybody out there, whether it's copper, whether it's uranium, whether it's lithium, <laughs> you're not going to get the kind of supply that all these armchair behind the 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 computer screen analysts are telling you is coming online. It just doesn't work that way in the mining space. And it really doesn't work that way during fourth turnings where Ecuadorian presidential candidates are being assassinated on camera. Um, opposition party leaders are getting 
let's be frank, probably blown up on their private plane, right? I don't think it was a, an accident. There's images out there and you can't verify them yet because it just broke, but, you know, of, of, of missiles and, and, and the plane being hit and, you know, multiple loud bangs before the actual um, crashing of this plane. So those things aren't going to end anytime soon. And look, the geopolitical situation here in the United States, I had a couple of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the most polite emails from a few of you. By the way, when you leave those, y'all know you're leaving your IP addresses, right? Just, I just want to mention that to you. But anyhow, some people didn't like the fact that I mentioned that Donald Trump was indicted. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? I didn't indict him. And frankly, I don't care. He's indicted. We talked last week. He's the leading presidential candidate for the Republican Party. It would be irresponsible of us to not mention the fact that he might not be around for that campaign, depending on how some of these indictments go. And so... We talked last week about whether people were going to flip on him. Um, we talked last week about are. how he wasn't paying Rudy Giuliani's legal fees. Um, they've already started turning on him. And, and my question to you, tribal, you know, whether it's on the right or on the left, but in this case, we're talking to you folks on the right because you guys are the ones and gals are the ones that were upset that I mentioned that he was indicted. My question to you is, if the guy did nothing wrong and you're so law and order, then let the process play out. And also, if the guy did nothing wrong, then why are his own friends saying that he did something wrong? Um, seems like there would be nothing to tell on, right? So just food for thought and just put your critical thinking caps on a little bit and don't take everything so personal, Cupcakes. It's not about you. No doubt, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen all the things and it wasn't hard to figure out that people were going to start singing like songbirds, right? I mentioned the prisoner's dilemma last week. Well, of, of course you're going to talk. What are you going to get the raw end of the deal and, and take time for, for the orange man? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Right. And so, um, all very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, we will have obviously had the first Republican debates by the time this podcast is out. I look forward to watching them, but he will not be on the stage. Um, and so that's interesting. Um, some constitutional scholars are saying that, you know, he's not legally allowed to be uh, president. Something about the 14th uh, <clears throat> Amendment, I think, I think the 14th, um, that was meant for, you know, Confederate uh, folks. Um, they're saying that it, it can and, and should be applied to him. So, um, you know how these elections go. It's, it's still um, a long, long ways away. And there's, we're still going to get uh, a lot more news. And then, you know, uh, in some of these indictments, they're pushing to have the, the trials pushed out past the election to, to 2026 is the, uh, the one date I read. So anyway, you know uh, how I view these things. It's, uh, it's a lot to keep up with. And, and I, I don't do the best keeping up with the, the political side of things, but certainly enjoy the uh, theater and I was even going to mention the the masks. Um, yeah, I talked got, about COVID, right? And I right, thought COVID exactly. was over. Like I didn't, I didn't go get another booster. I haven't had a booster in a year and a half. I, you know, I, I, I probably had COVID three times before this time. If I had it this last go around, and I, I, I did relatively well with it. I didn't see the new the the, the need me being healthy and me knowing that you know I, I I tend to eat well. I exercise five, six, seven times a week. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not a high risk uh, health. Uh, person that, that that really has, you know, immune system uh, being compromised. So I didn't feel the need, you know, to, to, to protect myself in that sense. But um, yeah, you would have thought COVID was just done and over with because it wasn't on my bingo card for 2023. Sure. Well, it largely is, uh, especially for healthier groups, right? We, we put it behind us. I haven't, in fact, I was cleaning something up this past weekend and found a mask and I was like laughing about it. Um, it was like in a drawer or something. Um, and then I saw this week that um, a college, Atlanta, 
Atlanta College or Atlanta University was, you know, trying to implement a, a new mask mandate. And um, one, I don't think that's going to fly. And I'm not nope. taking a political stance. I'm just taking sort of a, a common sense. And we've seen this movie before sort of stance, right? Um, you know, people, and I don't even use the word comply because it's not about compliance. It's uh, it's about, you know, using your, your noggin and, and having some common sense. So interesting to me that they tried to bring back the, the mask mandate, at least at this one school. We'll see how far else, uh, how far that goes in other institutions. But the reason um, I brought it up was about Trump because I see people saying that, oh, this is for the election steal. Like they're not going to let you vote in person. This We're back to the mail-in ballots, right? Um, and so when I start thinking about that, and then I've seen some, I mean, it's propaganda is what it is uh, on both sides. Uh, political machines do propaganda is this spinning of history, right? Like I'm seeing these, like, you know, like the black and white images of the politicians who encourage the masks and the vaccines. And it's like, you know, Biden in the mask and AOC in the mask. And it's like, how convenient to forget that Mr. Trump was the president when COVID-19 broke out, <laughs> Mr. Trump was pushing, it was his vaccine. Do you remember? Like, we're going to get the vaccine out there. Like, we're going to do this. It, it, and so I just see this revisionist history and it, it doesn't jive in, in my brain when I start, you know, with reality, <laughs> this tribalism and stuff. And, and even with the inflation, right? The, the Bidenomics and the Biden inflation, it's like, I'm old enough to remember when Trump wanted his names on the first set of checks that, that went out. And so anyway, um, none of them care about you folks. I'm telling you lots of tribalism and, you know, to be expected, frankly, from a country where, uh, 40 to 50%, you know, still believe in like original sin or something that we should were eternally damned because a woman talked to a snake in a garden. So, Hey, go America. I saw a meme the other day, and there was a it was a very conservative uh, meme, and then it basically talked about like you know the fact that you know the good book preaches you know a husband and a wife, and then somebody replied with their own meme saying, "Can you can you show me Adam and Eve's per, uh, wedding certificate?" <laughs> and I just, again, I just laugh at all this stuff because it's just just. Again, I don't mock anyone's faith. I don't mock anyone's political beliefs. You're entitled to all the thoughts and all the things. I am just asking you all to not take it so seriously and use some critical thinking skills when possible. Um, it'll make life easier. It'll make you less angry. It'll make you funner. Uh, you'll be funner to be around. You might be healthier because you won't have all these stress toxins in your body building up from some stuff that doesn't even really concern you. But anyway, that's my uh, that's my speech on um, just being healthier and not being so tribal and just, you know, not taking everything so seriously. Um, we started talking about uranium in, in, in usual Gerardo the oh, yeah. fashion. I went in every other direction that I could possibly go in. But I mentioned the technicals. And I, I actually want to go back to getting your technical thoughts on the gold space, because we mentioned last week when gold dropped below the 1900 level, how technically gold was still holding up well, despite the fact that it was below 1900 and that it would have to break. I think it was the 1874 level, if I'm not mistaken, um, on a closing basis uh, for it to actually have further downside. It defended that level beautifully. And currently um, on Wednesday, August 23rd, we're shooting this an extra day early. Um, it's at the 1915 level with the dollar index at 
you know, it, it 103, was near, yeah, 103.4. It was near 104 here the last couple of days. So for gold to be this strong technically with the dollar index above 103, that's bullish as all heck to me. And even some of the gold names, Perpetua had some great news on uh, getting another $15 million um, infusion of cash from the D Department of Defense. And so all of that bodes well for its permitting. And again, this is one of the best undeveloped gold deposits um, in North America that's got a very strategic critical metal uh, byproduct in antimony. And so to be getting that kind of uh, support, bipartisan support from the government, that bodes well for that company because it's got the goods as far as the gold goes. Yeah. Um, I, so thoughts I on I gold laid, technically? Yeah, well, I thought I laid it out pretty good last week. So you did. Go back, go back and listen to that <laughs> episode. But yeah, um, gold's in a, in a, I'll lay it out again, gold's in a bull market. And so you used to buy the dip in tech stocks and now you buy the dip in gold. And the dip in gold is the 1875 to the, to the 1900 level, at least you know for now, that can change. Uh, we need to close above that level on a monthly basis. So, you know, we're still a few days away from the end of August, but it looks okay. Yeah. And to echo what you said, it definitely looks okay in the face of one, the dollar, which you mentioned, but two, the, the U.S. 10-year yield is screaming higher. Oof. I was like 4.3 or 4.4%, I think it was. Yep. Um, and so gold for gold to be a holding up in the face of that tells me we're getting into the the later stages of this current economic cycle, right? We had the bear market, we had the bear market bounce, we had the groveling for a Fed pivot, which was never going to come. Now we're in Jackson Hole, there'll be no activity this this month, um, you know, potentially a pause next month. And then, you know, I'm not going to get into crystal ball, but um, what Gold is saying is that, look, we're going to enter a, a, a recession and there's going to be some sort of event. This bank stuff hasn't gone away. Um, there's too much counterparty risk out there. It's probably looking at these uh, interest rates and, and looking at the, the debt market, looking at the commercial real estate market um, and uh, and saying, you know what, um, it's time for the, the safe haven to act as such. And, and that's basically um, what's been going on. Cash and gold have been um, have been strong. And yes, you're right. Uh, several stocks in my portfolio were up three point three, four, five, six percent in a day um, on this gold bounce that went from 1900 to looks like 1920 and then um, pulled back. But yeah, fundamentally, uh, fundamentally bullish. Yeah. Well, let's talk about bullish. Uh, we've been talking about the overall indices. I'll get your take here in a bit. Um, NVIDIA, say what you say. Uh, they're saying sales are going to jump 170% this quarter driven by, you guessed it, demand for AI chips. Um, it reported $10.32 in data center revenue. Um, shares are up 8% after hours. New all-time highs there. Um, it expects third quarter revenue of about $16 billion. Uh, that's $3.5 billion more than, than what some groups had forecasted. And so, look, as far as that, sector um of the market it looks like we got a little bit of a run coming because we know that you know it's dominantly tech companies that 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 control a good chunk of how the overall indices perform right especially in the dow and the nasdaq thoughts on the revenue beat as it relates to the overall market and maybe a a little bit of a conversation about how the market isn't the economy because the economy can be in a recession the way i think we're in on a global scale and simultaneously the stock market could keep going up longer than you can stay liquid if you're shorting it. Right. 
Yeah, I haven't looked at uh, NVIDIA individually, certainly not at these most recent earnings, but I would say that its peers um, weren't as good and, and weren't as euphoric about the, the outlook for AI. And, and I mentioned that recently with Microsoft taking a, um, a bit of a, a more temperate view, saying that you know these revenues from AI are going to take a little bit to uh, materialize. Good for in, in, NVIDIA. I mean, you know, but I'm not. I'm, I don't drink the haterade. You know. Yeah. No. No. Congrats. If, if people. If people want to get into that, that's fine. But isn't it trading? You know, what evaluations matter in this day and age? But um, it's getting it's getting pretty wackily valued. And I guess I would say this: um, some of these meme stocks. I say a couple of things. Some of these meme meme stocks we've seen um, are finally starting to go away. As in, like the AMC's, for example, have been uh, going down precipitously, uh, even on like you know. Um, you know, high, high short percentage and things that used to make those stocks go up. In fact, let me just look at AMC for shits and giggles because in the past couple of days, it's beginning. It's, oh, yeah. It's down from five bucks at the end of July to under two bucks today. So it's finally getting its comeuppance, right? Like reality has finally mattered. Yep. There. Bed Bath & Beyond had reality. I mean, it went bankrupt. It went bye-bye. Um, and now I think you, you still have this group think. You still have the latent bullish mentality in the back of the the retail set the crowd's lizard brain um and so they're still willing to chase things i'm being serious i'm being serious too and laughing (laughs) in this case they're chasing something that's a real trend and you know revenue is uh nvidia is having real results um but i definitely still think it's chasing a trend i don't think it's within the realm of um real valuations and it's not something that you know, I'm comfortable wading into it. When you look at the the breadth of the NASDAQ, uh, it's still not good. And that's what you were saying about a few companies um, propping it up. We'll see what kind of legs it's, it, it has because August has not been good. Like every sector no. of the S&P is down for August. And so if one company can turn an entire um, index around, that'll be really interesting to watch. But um, my gut says that that'll get tempered here in the coming days. I, what are you I, forward I, talking about? Yeah, I, I happen to agree with you. I think, you know, reality is going to set in. But again, I don't follow the overall indices the way that you do. I don't track, uh, you know, the other sectors, anything outside of the resource sector, frankly, with the same type of diligence and, you know, <laughs> OCDism that I, I, I do with the resource space. So I'll defer to you on that. Um, we talked uranium and we talked gold. It's worth mentioning that copper and energy also had, you know, a pretty decent week. Copper was flirty with the 350 level here just a week ago and, you know, got itself uh, above 380 for a bit there and currently sitting at the 377 level. So thoughts there. Yeah, I think we did this last week too. I'm having yeah. deja vu. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting your opportunity to scale in is the thing. Um, and I think that's what I said last week. First in energy. Um uh, I did put a buyout, although we haven't got our price yet. So still waiting for a pullback. I think energy is bullish. Um, and then I think you use the the next couple of months to to get in position for the copper side of things. Um, I don't think copper goes to $4 just yet. Um, but I do think over the next couple of months, it's time to start picking away. Like BHP um, reported harbor this week. Um, and so you're starting to get your opportunities there. And yet the stock actually um, went up. And so... Uh, Use these next couple of months to get positioned in copper, buy the pullbacks in oil. Um, oil is bullish. Copper is not bullish yet, but I believe we'll get there um, next year. 
And what else do I want to talk about energy? Can I talk about the carbon capture for one second? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so a couple of months ago, I wrote a section of my monthly letter about um, a sucky-wucky machine. It was sort of tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> it was like Dr. Seuss. Um, I was writing, you know, why can't we just have a carbon sucky-wucky machine? Like, why do we need the wind turbines and solar panels and nuclear reactors? Like, let's just get this, suck this carbon out of the air. It's 2023, man. Like, let's get this going. And... Um, Lo and behold, the carbon capture segment is having its moment here in the, in, in the past couple of days. So um, let me run through it. Uh, Exxon bought a package of um, pipelines from a company called Denbury. They paid $4.9 billion for this. It's 1,300 miles of carbon pipelines that this company wow. has installed, some of which run by Exxon's um, refinery assets in, in the Gulf. So... What's your word? What's your favorite word, Gerardo? Synergies, right? They can synergy. The carbon synergies. from the refineries, right in this uh, in this uh, network of pipelines. Also, it shouldn't escape you that um, to increase production in oil fields, you inject CO two into the um, wells. So now they have a, a series of storage and pipelines for CO two that they can potentially use to lower their input costs for uh, oil production while simultaneously either generating carbon credits or, or reducing their own um, emissions. And then there was another deal by Occidental, which is another petroleum company. Um, they paid a billion dollars to buy a company called Carbon Engineering. Uh, they paid a billion, 1.1, I think it was. Um, and they have a series of devices. And I, my, the article I wrote, uh, I think it's like February or March or something, was about this. It's called Direct Air Capture, or DAC where they literally just capture the carbon in the air. Because if you're trying to reduce the amount of carbon in the air, that seems like the most logical way to do it, the sucky-wucky machine. Um, and then the other thing was the DOE is is back in this as well. They're partnering with Occidental, giving them a billion dollars to set up the first 30, three zero, first 30 direct carbon capture facilities or whatever. Um, and so it's happened. And all these articles came out like over the past two weeks. And then yesterday I was doing my scrolling. And what do I start seeing? <laughs> Environment, let's oppose oil industry greenwashing. Oh, the negative God. side of carbon, of carbon mm. capture, right? Going back to the tribalism and, and things like that. And it's like, wait, if you, if, if, we need to reduce the the if we need to reduce the global temperature, and in order to do that, we have to reduce the carbon emissions by a certain level by a certain date. Wouldn't you just be like all in on this carbon capture, like just suck the carbon out of the air and and let's get this done? But no, they're not because I would argue partially tribalism, but partially it's like not entirely the climate that they're for. It's like Trump and Biden, right? Like you're not voting for Biden, you're voting against Trump. You're not voting for Trump, you're voting against Biden. Like these folks aren't voting for the climate. They're voting against the oil companies. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like here, they're literally, that's $5 billion in deals I just mentioned to clean up their act. And then environmentalists say what? They are greenwashing. The same thing, how they oppose nuclear for the past 20 fucking years when they could, when it could have got them to their goals. And so pay attention to the black and white columns and rows and especially the number on the bottom line and not necessarily the hot air coming out of the um, other humans that are, we share this uh, sphere with. I consider myself and premise myself as a very, very simple man, y'all. <laughs> it's how I've gotten by in life. 
I joke to everyone that I know that I do five things well, and those five things have allowed me to live for 44 years in a relatively happy state, right? I'm having the time of my life at 44 years old. I'm as happy as I've ever been, despite having a very challenging uh, 2022. But my point is, sometimes it's just simple, folks. And sometimes uh, the complex arguments and, well, what they call it, the greenwashing and some of the other bullshit that you people make up is just, just fucking ludicrous y'all like what are we doing as a society you want the carpet out of the air or not like <laughs> what do you want oh god let's um let me light it up a little bit uh about a month or so ago jason aldean put out a song and you know we talked about how it was a dog whistling song to his bass and you know did it receive too much coverage was it like the worst most race baiting dog whistling song in the world now it wasn't the worst right was he was he was he finessing it absolutely i'm sure he was finessing it right it worked he shot the number one and you know the right adopted it as, as its new like uh, marching song and then and, and good for jason and, and clearly it worked and then good for his people and i hope he has a better life as a result of it does amazing things with that right okay no haters use here we congratulate success around here however you get it you got to sleep with that that's on you but Recently, there was this gentleman that that also uh, independent gentleman. He started putting out some music. And the red beard guy. You're going to talk yes, about. Yes, and, yeah. and I have his name, Oliver Anthony. Oliver. Oliver Anthony Music is what he goes by, and that guy is the truth, Nick. I don't care who has adopted him as their mascot or as their warrior or as their tribal chief. Which you know, I know a lot of groups on the right have. I, I don't know his political views. I frankly don't care. I don't listen to Cardi B because I think she's a great role model to my niece. I listen to Cardi B because I like the way she sounds on an album and on a song, right? I'm not listening to Oliver Anthony music for any of his political views. Um, but man, I was digging into his catalog and Nick, I know, I, I know you like some of your country music and I know for a fact that we have both been very disappointed with the lack of quality country acts that actually seem authentic. I would encourage you and anyone out there looking for some really, really good, raspy, throwback, well-written music to check out Oliver Anthony Music, man. Look at these names. Rich Men North of Richmond. Cobwebs and Cocaine. I've Got no. to Get Sober. Rich Man's Gold. I mean, just good stuff. And the minute you throw it on, it, it, it's just beautiful music, man. So, hey, don't plug music off in here. But we critique Mr. Aldean for a simple ass song that happened to take off. I, I hope this gentleman takes off because he sounds absolutely great. He, he can write his tail off. He's he's taken off. I, I've checked out a couple of the videos. Um, he's got a strong, raspy, powerful voice. He plays this is Tim the guitar. Um, it, it sounds good. He can do his own do opposite dog whistle in some of the lyrics I've heard, but in, it's good. Uh, I appreciate it. I checked it out. Um, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't get too big too fast because I I can see that happening, um, and I hope he doesn't squander it. Um, and I also see the right because you mentioned they've adopted him as their tribal leader or whatever. Already turning right, like he was getting interviewed on Fox recently, and he said, um, "Diversity is our is diversity is our strength. Uh, the USA is the global melting pot, and and it's diversity that's our strength." And you know. On the interwebs, they're saying, all of the, the elites already got to him. The elites already <laughs> got to him. 
we can't even have nothing nice for a week. And it's like, really, is it all have to be about whatever you think it's about? Or can it just be about the, the man and the guitar so, and the lyrics? Just some damn good music. Can it just be about some damn good music for a little bit? Right. I mean, but his message as far as the, um, Ain't got a dollar. Well, I love that yeah, one. Wealth, wealth disparity and uh, elites making rules for everybody else and not following them and just generally capturing the sentiment of a of a fourth turning and how the populace feels about yeah. the institutions. He's doing a good job. Yeah, and and, and I wish mm. if we were going to be tribal as a as a, as a, as a country, as you know, a state, as a city, as a community, um, I wish we were at least tri tribal about. You, you know, the, the the wealth disparity in this country and the lack of upward mobility and how, you know, whether you're poor white, poor black, poor Mexican, poor Italian, like everybody wants upward mobility. And if you're willing to work for that a decent, honest way, you should have that opportunity. It shouldn't be so just, you know, uh, hard for people in, in any place to to work th themselves up. And so I, I, I welcome the message in, in, in the limited way that I've heard it. I'm only like maybe nine or 10 songs into on the catalog that I've been able to dig up, but I agree with you. I hope, I hope he, uh, I, I hope he's thinking long-term and I hope that some of the, the, the elders in the business really, you know, on, on, on all sides are able to have good, healthy conversations with them about longevity. Cause he's got the goods as, a, as it relates to the pen and the voice that is there. That is absolutely there. It's there in spades. So anyway, go check them out y'all. Mm -hmm. It's definitely worth checking out. All right, back to markets and resource stocks before we get out of here. Anyway, what's on your mind, Nick? What are you looking at? I know we have a week where it's going to be really quiet. And then at conference season starting mid-September, you and I will be at the Beaver Creek Precious Metal Summit. Um, we'll also be in New Orleans. Um, we've mentioned that a couple of times. We'll be there in November, I, if, if I recall correctly, early November. And so it's going to start picking up. The news flow is going to start picking up. I expect a pretty, pretty busy September and October as it relates to news. And I also expect a pretty busy tax law selling season too. So that's going to be something to get ahead of um, this year, folks. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit next week. But what are you looking at, Nick? It's interesting you mentioned tax law season. I was having a discussion with somebody about that this week. And they were saying, do people make money this year? They were like, not everybody. I'm Patriot. <laughs> or Bravo. He, he, he or was saying there wasn't, he <laughs> was saying there, wasn't, there wasn't going to be much tax law selling because the TSX and the TSXV are, are so downtrodden. But anyway, I don't know the answer to that. Um Taking a couple of days, going to the lake. Nice. We'll come back. We'll write the September issue. Um, we have the resumption of these student loan payments, which hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Um, that's going to take the last wind out of the consumer sales. So uh, 40 million people are going to start ha have to uh, making those payments again. And um, they, they've been living on the margin, essentially. The, <clears throat> the higher inflation, they've been able to combat by not having to make that monthly payment. And, and that resumes. So you get another... Um, knock on the uh, consumer, and that comes at a time when um, uh, credit card interest rates are high and balances are at a record, um, and delinquencies are starting to creep up. So um, Amex is having a rough go. Macy's was saying in their earnings report this week that uh, credit card delinquencies are, are starting to pile up. And so everyone's been wondering about this consumer and how they remain so strong. Uh, I guess they did a good job of stringing out those stimulus checks and, and you know, either took advantage of some zero interest rate loans or, you know, haven't had to make their student loan payments. So um, that's the next macro shoe to drop in the fall that I'm watching. And then if you indulge me for 90 seconds, um, I can tell you about the superconductor. So um, you've probably seen the news and we should have talked about it last week, but um, a new potential type of room temperature superconductor has been invented. And um, I'm not a physicist, 
So um, go to the Wikipedia page, but it's called LK99. Um, and this would be something that allows like, you know, real maglev trains, real nuclear fusion. Uh, we just haven't had the substances, the materials to make a, a superconductor that could operate at ambient temperatures. Um, and this group in South Korea, I think that's right. Yeah. Korea University uh, figured it out. Lee Sukbae and Kim Ji-hoon. Um, and they took a lead crystal and they replaced some of the lead atoms with copper atoms. Um, and that's how they got this superconductor uh, to work, at least on the lab scale. And so there were some initial doubts as to whether it was viable. Uh, it's been reproduced. It's been reproduced in Russia and China, um, again, on the lab scale. And so obviously very, very early days. But um, as I heard one physicist say, um, very, very bullish for humanity if it's um, able to be put to use. So maybe read up on that because something better than politics. I will take bullish on humanity every day of the week over anyone's politics. Um, with that said, if you're looking for market commentary, our rants, our ravings, our you know, amazing editors' opinions and thoughts and what they're seeing out in the market, you should go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all that stuff straight to your inbox. I encourage everybody as well to subscribe to the Bizarro World channel. Um, and, and, and look again, we appreciate the comments. We appreciate the, uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate y'all writing in, even when it's not like the kindest, it's good to get a temperature check and be able to have a dialogue about, you know, some of the things that are going on out there, the opinions that people have. And, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, in, in an interesting couple of years for us, Mr. Hodge. <laughs> I think it's going to be ones. fun. Yeah. Bizarro ones is going to be right. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was the 233rd episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Cocaine and cobwebs, Nick. <laughs> Send us out with some words of wisdom. Check it out. Google LK99 and, and Google Oliver Anthony and have a good week. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.